God is so good to us. He's so good to us. As I've heard people say, he's way better to me than I've been to myself. And some of us treat ourselves pretty good. <laughs> but God is good. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Bow your heads if you can, please. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had in your presence and worship and offering a sacrifice of praise unto you. And God, we come before you right now on behalf of this moment where we get into your word. Your word is already holy and anointed, Father. And God, we proclaim, as you proclaimed in your word, that your word is spirit and is life and it will quicken us. It will come alive to us and it will speak life to us right now as we hear it. And your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and it will lead us and guide us every step of our way. Father, your word is life unto our being and is health unto our flesh and it will infuse our souls with life and it will bring about health and wholeness to our physical bodies as we receive this and it becomes engrafted to us. And Father, we proceed in faith in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. <clears throat> amen. I wanna talk this morning about staying focused in a distracting world. And it took me a long time to make distracting look like that. <laughs> and it's very distracting. <laughs> you look at it and you got to you got to really strain a little bit to make sure you understand what's being read. But I want to talk this morning about staying focused in a distracting world. And, and I'm really not leaving the pattern I've been following, I've basically been trying to follow the days after the resurrection. And, um, and this thought still follows in that pattern. Je Jesus was our ultimate example of focus. Jesus was our ultimate example of everything. If you want to know what the best example of anything was, you look at Jesus. You look at his life. You look at how he thought, how he spoke, how he acted, how he reacted. He is our ultimate example. And Jesus was focused on his father's will from the very start. <clears throat> At age 11, 12, Jesus is telling his parents that he has to be about his father's business in Luke 2 and 49 as they've lost him in a trip from Jerusalem. And they turn around and they go back for him and there's a three-day separation from when they thought they had him until they, when they finally find him again. And when they find him and, and Mary's, Mary's uh, fretting, just like any mother would, Jesus says unto them, how is it that you sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business or another, that's King James. In other words, why are you looking for me? Don't you understand yet? Or in other words, you should understand, mom. I've been with you for 11, 12 years now. You got the message from the angel. You should understand I have to be about my father's business. I have to. Jesus constantly told us that he was all about his heavenly father's business. There's going to be scriptures, and I'm going to fly through them as fast as I can, and you understand them. John 5 and 19, <clears throat> then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the father do. 
For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Listen to Jesus' words. Listen to the words that he speaks. John 5 and 30, I can of mine own self do nothing. I was going to fly through this, but I got to stop there for a minute. Do you understand what Jesus just said? Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, on this earth proclaims, I can do nothing of myself. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. In other words, as I hear my Father, my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own, own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. John 6 and 38, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of, the, of him that sent me. John 8 and 28, then, Jesus, then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then she, ye shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as, the, as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. John 12, 49 and 50. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that this commandment is, is life everlasting. Whoso, whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Jesus was constantly telling them and reminding them and us, I only did what my father told me to do. I only went where my father told me to went. I only said what, I, what my father told me to say. <clears throat> Man, if we could get even close to that. <laughs> only do what God wants us to do. Only say what God wants us. If, if we could just focus on the only say part. <laughs> only say what God wants us to say. Jesus never wavered on his focus concerning his father's will. He had undeniable focus on fulfilling his father's will and doing his father's work. Now think about it. Jesus was constantly teaching and preaching. He hand-selected 12 guys and 12 guys missed it. 12 guys uh, turned their backs on him. One cursed and denied him and one was the reason he was sent to the cross. Jesus kept his focus the whole time. People get less, the people in, in the world, they got less than disciples did. And Jesus, it didn't faze him. Religious leaders, priests, scribes, Pharisees, none of them get it. And they should because they've studied the scriptures. They've studied the scriptures and the scriptures point to Jesus. None of them get it. Jesus doesn't get discouraged. Jesus calls his closest of close disciples, Peter, James, and John, to go and pray with him right before he goes to the cross. And, 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 he, and he gives them this message. I need you to pray with me, Matthew 26 and 38, because my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. I'm under so much pain and grief and anguish about the decision that I'm facing that I feel like it's going to kill me. So I need you to tarry here and watch with me. And these great best friends fall asleep. <laughs> and Jesus comes back and, and, and he chastises them in a godly way. He doesn't come back and, 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 and tell them off. He comes back and they go, what? You, you couldn't wait an hour? You couldn't stay awake an hour and pray with me? And then he encourages and exhorts them. He says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Hang in there, guys. Come on, I need you. And he goes back a second time, comes back there asleep. Goes back a third time. They let him down, but Jesus was never phased in his focus. 
Jesus prays that his heavenly father, Jehovah God, will remove the obstacle of the cross. And when God won't do it, Jesus says, not my will, but thine be done. He's never phased in his focus. How many times, let's be honest, don't raise your hand. How many times has your focus been disrupted because of what has happened in your life? How many times has your focus been disrupted because of what you're going through, because of bad news that you got, a bad day that you're having, you got fired, this happened, you got reprimanded, whatever. Things happen in this life and they've crowded in and, and, and at the very least, they have distorted our focus. You know, it, it, it's kind of like a camera that you're trying to zoom in or, or, or a camera that's autofocused and it's just zooming in, zooming out and, and it hits focus for a split second but then it's all blurry because it keeps zooming and zooming. At the very least, that's what happened to us. How did Jesus stay so focused on his father's work when he met discouragement so many times? Well, that's easy, Pastor. He was the son of God. That's how he did it. No, no. That can't be our answer because if that's our answer, then Jesus can't be our example. If Jesus did this solely as the Son of God with the power from heaven as the Son of God, he can't be my example because I can't relate to him. He became like us so that he could prove to us you can live a life pleasing unto my Father, that you don't have to live a life of sin. Even though you're born into it, once you are delivered from it, you can live free from it. So how did Jesus stay focused on his Father's work when he met discouragement all the time? Jesus didn't even allow his Father's work to distract him from his Father's work. And I failed at that this week. I was supposed to have papers to hand out to you to read so we could have a discussion. I got distracted with other aspects of my father's work. Jesus didn't get distracted. Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's ministering and Mary and Martha send him a message. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Man, lay it on strong. Isn't it amazing how people that are close to you know how to hit your button <laughs> to try to get you to do what they want you to do? Now, it, it doesn't mean you'll do it, but, but people know, people think they know the words to say to get your attention, to get you moving, to get them where they want you. And, and these are people that love Jesus. These are people that take care of Jesus. Every time he passes by, he's stopping in. He's resting. They're feeding him. He, he may be staying overnight. The, the, these are close personal friends. They minister to Jesus. Lord, the one you love, he's sick. In other words, you need to leave right now. And Jesus' response is, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And then he goes back to ministering in Jerusalem. I'd have probably messed that one up. I'd have probably messed that one up, Jeff. I'd have said, come on, boys, let's go. We got to run. Let's hurry, 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 hurry. <laughs> Jesus knew he should be where he was in Jerusalem. Jesus also knew he needs to be in Bethany where Lazarus is. But Jesus didn't allow the next appointment to distract from the current one. And he didn't allow the people at the next appointment to distract him from his current one either. 
He was so focused on fulfilling his father's will that he not only knew where to be and what to do, but he also knew when to leave and when to stay. He knew when to leave. See, you, you can't, see, when, when, <clears throat> when you're a minister, you can't always listen to the people around you. Because as, as a minister, you're supposed to have your ear to God. You're supposed to be in tune with his spirit and God's gonna be telling you things that people around you, Brother Jeff, aren't gonna understand and, and, and they may flat out disagree with you on. But you've got to be so in tune with God that when you hear his voice, that if, if Brother Arnold disagrees with what I'm doing, I, I, I have to be able to politely and respectfully disagree with him and continue to follow my father because I'm that in tune with him. Now, now it's not a matter of, I'm so sick and tired of Arnold telling me what to do. I ain't going. <laughs> no, no, that's not God. It's a matter of being in tune with God, and I, and I heard you, but I heard my father. And I gotta follow him before I can follow you. I've gotta be where he wants me to be, and when he wants me to be there, I, don't, I, I, I can't conflict with that because you want me somewhere else doing something else. Multiple voices, multiple demands, and they didn't confuse and distract Jesus. His own disciples told him, come on, let's go. And <laughs> calm down. He sleeps. Oh, oh, he's asleep? No, no, he, he's dead. Huh? But then, as always, when they wait, they watch Jesus show up, they watch him raise Lazarus from the dead. And everybody begins to understand, yeah, God does have good timing, doesn't he? And, and, it, and it doesn't necessarily coincide with what I think is good timing. Have you ever felt like the only thing that you can focus on is being distracted? <laughs> ever had a day like that? Anybody, anybody want to raise your hands and be on? <laughs> The more you try to focus, the more distracted you are. I mean, you, you, our, our minds are the greatest supercomputer ever built. And you can have so many thoughts jumping into your head. And you, you can't even, and you're, and you're wondering, have, have, you, have you ever been thinking about something and then all of a sudden you're thinking about something completely different and you actually stop and, 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 you, and you begin thinking, how in the world did I get to this place thinking about this? I was, I was thinking about this. I was planning. I have found myself trying to pray in my mind as I'm going through other things. And the next thing I know, I'm way over here and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, what happened? I was praying. I was, I was praying to God. How am I over here thinking about this craziness? <laughs> so, so how do you stay focused on God's will when everything around you is a distraction? This is not a do these four things and all of your problems are solved. If, if I had that, I'd already have it packaged and I'd be on the circuit and would be selling it. But these are things that I see in the life of Christ. You must settle who's first in your life. You must, you gotta settle it. It, it, it can't be a competition. It's easy to say God's first. However, do your actions support what you say. It's just like I can say I love my wife, but do my actions support what I say? They, they better support what I say because I'm always here 
telling you how much I love my wife and how God has blessed me and all this. So, so Brother Rob, my actions better support what I say. And you, and you can see on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and periodically when you may find us out in public somewhere, but Michelle's the one that's going to be able to tell you, yes, his actions do support what his big mouth says all the time. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes first place in people's lives is kind of like a rotating turnstile. It's kind of based on emotions. It's kind of based on the time of day. It's kind of based on how your week's going. Based on your high and your low, the ebb and flow, your emotions up, your feelings up, your emotions down, you're in between, whatever. And unfortunately, sometimes we, we sing that song, Jesus be the center, Jesus is, is the center. Sometimes Jesus being the center, it, he, he kind of, he, we have him flowed in and out. Now, as far as he's concerned, he's out of the center, he's not. But Rob, because my emotions are, are like a roller coaster, I'm, I'm shifting Jesus out and me in. I'm shifting Jesus out and putting fear in. I'm, I'm, I'm shifting fear out and, and putting somebody, somebody, somebody told me something good and it worked all of a sudden. So now, and all, all this shifting and moving is going on. But first place cannot be occupied based upon our feelings. I have, to, I have to settle. I belong to God. I believe in God. He is God and he always will be. And so Brother Gary, I have to settle that he is first and I'm going to keep him first. Whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, whether all of hell breaks loose in my life or whether all of heaven has rained down on me, I have to settle God is first. Kind of like Job said, that, that naked came I from the womb and naked shall I return. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Bless the name of the Lord regardless of what happens to me. So you must settle who's first in your life. Then you must live what you've said you've settled. You not only say that God is first, but you live like he actually is first. And many people say they're going to do things, but actions are what separator, separates doers from sayers. <laughs> You've met people like that. They say they're going to do this. They say they're going to do that. They're going to start bi this business. They're going to start that business. They're going to go here. They're going to do that. They're going to build this. They're going to do blah, 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 blah. And they've been going to do that for the past 60 years. And then, you, and then there's the people that when they say they're going to do it, you know they're going to do it. James 1 and 22 in the New King James, it says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I want to read the same thing in the NIV version just because I like the way it says it. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Every time you listen to the word of God, you read it, you're exposed to it. And Sister Cheryl, you don't obey it. It actually didn't help you. It actually hurt you. Because you're accountable for that. If you listen to the word of God and you don't live it, James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said you are deceiving yourself. It doesn't matter how much you're in church. You can be the most faithful person there is. You can hear as many sermons as you want. But what are you doing with what you've heard? Are you living what you're hearing? Knowing what the word of God says isn't enough. Knowing what's right isn't enough. Knowing what you should do isn't enough. You must act upon what you know. You've got to live it. 
That's like me saying, I know what a good loving husband is. A good loving husband takes care of his wife. A good lo- loving husband, when she's had a hard day, he, he makes sure there, there's, there's a meal on the table. He, he makes sure that she's fed and, 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 and that she's taken care of and that the kids don't get on her nerves and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I, and I know it all. And then I sit in my recliner and I say, Michelle! <laughs> and Sister Pat, that's when she rounds the corner and she looks at me like, have you just lost your mind it doesn't matter if I have all the knowledge if I don't act upon the knowledge the knowledge actually hurts me because she can look at me and say I know you know what you're supposed to do you're just choosing not to do it and so if you know what to do and you choose not to do it you can't love me like you say you do some people know a whole lot about the word of God but they don't live based on what they know and we will be accountable for what we know the more you hear the more you will be accountable for Luke 12 and 48 everyone to for everyone to whom much is given from him and her much will be required and to whom much has been committed of them of him they will ask the more that's why the scripture says if you train up a child in the way in which they go, they shout out that they can't depart from it, which means mom and dad, they can't ever look at you and say, you didn't tell me, you didn't teach me, you didn't show me. It doesn't mean train your child and it's a guarantee, it's a stamp, you'll, they'll never die lost. It means they can never escape from the truth. You've trained them, you've exposed them to it, you, you've taught them. They ultimately have the decision to make, Brother Jeff, but they can never point to you and say, you didn't tell me, you didn't show me. And we've got to understand that our actions follow our thoughts. If you won't have the appropriate, you will not have the appropriate actions unless you have the appropriate thoughts. In order to live right, you must begin examining your thoughts. And we've been talking about that on Wednesday night. That a single thought leads to, to a, a mindset. And a mindset is the way in which we think. <clears throat> here's what I mean here's what I mean here's a perfect example when I was young and single I had a mindset I want a clean car and my car was always clean shiny going, going way back into the day I don't, I don't know if any of y'all remember this I saw one the other day and I was amazed I saw one they ever actually still make these but the, uh, the black things the LeBras for the front, front of the cars anybody remember those see a couple heads not? I mean I had that on the car all shiny waxed up had that all armor all up the tires are armored armor all up the inside armor all up the, the steering wheel armored you couldn't slipping and you know can't even hardly crab on everything shiny and looking great and then I got married and had kids <laughs> and <laughs> no it's it's not white today but at that point I just said okay here <laughs> I, I wave the white flag. Forgive me. I'm not, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, but my mindset, my thoughts were, I want a, I want a cool looking car. I want a nice looking car. <clears throat> and then I got married and I had a family. And I'm not blaming the family. What I'm saying is, my thoughts changed. I'm providing for my wife. I'm taking care of my child. I'm, I'm helping. You know, the, the, not expecting my wife to do everything. You know, and, and so. So suddenly, 
other things are occupying time, Rob, that I used to give to something. My, my thoughts began to change, so my mindset began to change, so my actions changed. So now I try to wash my car once a year. I'm going to wait till all the pollen dies down around here. Man, that's like a, an evil spirit of pollen in this area. I mean, good grief. But you understand thoughts lead to mindsets. Mindsets lead to actions. So if you want a specific, a specific action, you must work on the thoughts that will lead you to that action. That's why Jesus began his earthly ministry and he began grabbing people, sitting down in large groups and began talking to them and teaching them because he was trying to change mindsets. Matthew chapter 5 <clears throat> Uh, beginning in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And he goes on and on and on. And, and then he starts teaching things like, if, if you want to find your life, you got to lose it. If you want to be first, you got to be last. If you want to take your, if, if somebody takes your coat, give them your cloak too. If somebody asks you to go a, a mile, then go two with them. Jesus had to begin to teach them because he was, a, he was bringing something that was completely different than what they had been taught. An eye for an eye. And Jesus said, no, pray for your enemy. Uh, what? We're talking about a total mind shift here. Jesus understood that. So he begins teaching them the, 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 the right things to think and focus on so they can change their actions. And I'm not saying this is a works-based thing that we can work our way into heaven. We can't. You still need the blood of Jesus. But even after you're saved, you've got to, be able to begin to change your mindset to line up to God's process. So if I'm placing God first, then I have to shape my thoughts in such a way that they exemplify God. That means I have to constantly work on shaping the way that I think so that it lines up with God. And that's what we've been talking about on Wednesday night, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. What we have at our disposal is mighty. It's mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Brother Raymond, I can't let my mind run rampant. Even if it's not on overtly sinful things, I can't just let my mind run off and be chaotic and be, and, and be like raging water. I've got to bring all of my thoughts into captivity, into the obedience of Jesus Christ. If I can't control my own thoughts and direct them appropriately, there's no way I can focus on anything, not just God. People that accomplish great things, it's because they are focused. The Tower of Babel, Brother Jeff preached a, a, a while ago. Th they weren't even trying to honor God. They were dishonoring God. But they were focused. And God said, let's go down and fix the focus. Let's unfocus them. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Brethren, I count my, not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. 
Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I forget about what has happened, good, bad, indifferent. I do one thing. I focus on God and I press. In the very next verse, he says, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already, nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let this mind, let us mind the same thing. Now, I want to list, I want to read the same thing in the NIV. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. Meaning, I do one thing. I press. That's what he's referencing. And if on some point you think differently, we never do that. That too, God will make clear to you. <laughs> he didn't say you're right. He didn't say you're right. He said God will bring focus. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. In other words, what you know, live. You must live what you know. There's no excuse. James put it this way. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. See, a while back, Nike came out with this fantastic slogan, just do it. But God really is the one who created the concept. Nike just patented it and made a lot of money from it. God's trying to get you focused and into glory with it. So living like God's first. Here's basically what, what we need to do. We need to change, train, and defend our thoughts towards God. If they're not on God, we need to change them. Whether they're on him or whether they're not, we need to train them. And while you're changing them and training them, you got to defend them. When the enemy's trying to put other thoughts into your head, you've got to pull them down, cast them down. You've got to build yourself up in what the word of God says. <clears throat> Secondly, you must spend time with God. I love that song that we sung this morning, I Need You More. How do you think, rhetorical question, don't answer. How do you think Jesus stayed so focused on his father's will and his father's work? He was the son of God. No. That is not how. He constantly spent quality time with his father. Read the gospels. Please hang on before you think I'm saying something controversial. Read the gospels. You never read where Jesus prayed every day. I am not saying he did not pray every day. You don't see where he prayed every day. But if you read the Gospel of Luke, what you will see is every so many days, Jesus sends everybody away and he goes up into a mountain all by himself and he spends hours, sometimes all night in prayer with his father. That's how Jesus stayed focused. What things in your life occupy hours of your time? Too many people claim God's first, but they have other things that occupy so much of their time and their attention 
to the detriment of not only God, but their families. If God is really first in my life, then my choices should exemplify that. And, and, and don't, don't be tempted to believe, okay, the pastor is trying to say that I need to live at the church, I need to get my mail at the church, I need to sleep at the church, and everything I do, it's all about the church, 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 church. No, that ain't what the pastor's saying. All of your choices should be very clear to show people God is number one in my life. That even if you are out recreating, whether, whether you're playing golf or, or you're fishing or you're crabbing or, 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 or whatever it is that you're doing, you're, you're going to a ball game, whatever, that even in the midst of that, God is still your focus. He's the center and you're still looking for opportunities to minister if you can or at the very least, if you're out on the boat by yourself, you're spending time with him and not just praying for a big one. <laughs> Brother John. <laughs> Number three, don't allow good things to get in the way of God. And good things could be any number of things. We got a lot of things. Does anybody do anything? And I'm bringing this to a close. Does anybody do anything just to um, pass time? Just to be, I just want to do, this, this is a brain dead activity and I just do it just to, uh. does anybody do anything like that? Thank you. Okay, there's two of us. Okay, well, praise the Lord. You all are better than me. Even simple things like that, the enemy can turn around and use it as a distraction. Because you find out you're doing more and more and more and more things just to pass time and be brain dead. Don't allow good things to get in the way of God. Today we got a lot of supplemental materials at our fingertips when it comes to serving God. You've got the internet, websites, podcasts, Christian music, Christian authors, books, devotionals, retreats, small groups, even church. But none of these things are more important than your one-on-one time with God. None, none of it. Church is not more important than your one-on-one time with God. Coming to church is not enough. You need to come to church. We need to gather, but it's not enough. None of these things should occupy more of your time than time you spend with God. And too often, we got so many things at our fingertips. We're, bom- we're bombarded with, 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 with the devotionals. You, you can go on the internet, and there's probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of devotionals that you could access right now. You can get everybody uh, emailing their devotionals to you, but it, but are you spending quality time with God or are you bombarding yourself with other people's thoughts? Because listening to other people is good and I do it too. But if I listen to other people, Brother Arnold, and I'm not spending the time, my time alone with God, then I'm not in balance. And finally, the, the fourth thing is you got to get a secret place with God. Remember, Jesus sent everybody away and he went to a mountain all by himself to pray. Now, we can't do that here. Y'all don't have hills, you alone mountains. You know, but when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, his response was in, in the New King James from Matthew 6 and 6, but, when you, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, in other words, when you're by yourself, Pray to your father which is in secret and your father in secret will reward you openly. See, some, sometimes we even become too, too dependent 
upon worship music. You got to set the right mood, the right tone. And, and I'm, I'm not saying you can't do that. But you got to be able to, you got to be able to get alone with God. No distractions. No interruptions. You want to worship? Worship. Sing your own song. It's just you and God. Ain't nobody going to make fun of you. If you make fun of yourself, then you really need to pray. But we, we need to get alone with God. <clears throat> because God wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend time with you. And he is so, he's, he's so close to all you got to do is stop and say, Father. He's, he, he's there. That's how close he is. And he wants that one-on-one -on -one time with you. He wants that personal time with you. And I'm going to tell you what, if you get alone with God and you ask God to help start changing you, I'm going to guarantee you he's going to start moving in your life. He's, he's, going to do, he's going to hear your prayer. He's going to hear your prayer. And we've got to understand that. So as I, as I summarize, living like God is first, we've got to change, train, and defend our thoughts towards God. We must spend time with God. We can't allow good things to get in our way and we got to find a secret place to get with our Father and develop this relationship. Hey, hey, it, it, it's like this. If Jesus needed it, man, how much more do we? <laughs> man, I can only imagine what he prayed to his Father after going through some of the days that he went through with the disciples and the religious leaders and the hypocrites and, and the heretics and, and all the other ticks. Dad, you better help me. He showed us the example. He showed us the way. And the way is his father. Getting alone with God. Can you stand with me please this morning? <clears throat> father, we come before you right now. <clears throat> God, we're so grateful for your word. We're grateful for your, your patience and your long-suffering. And God, as your word has gone out, I know it's gone where you wanted it to go. It's done what you wanted to do, and it has not come back void. But Father, for each and every one of us, God, we have to respond to you. And so God, as we're here this morning, and, and our, our, our hearts are given to you, we're tender to you right now, God, I pray that you would just touch us in a special way right now. God, even as they're in their seats <clears throat> and they're praying silently right now, Father God, as they're yielding to you, God, as they're acknowledging your touch in their lives, God, as they're, they're possibly repenting, Father, I pray that you would just touch them in a special way. All of us, God. God, that we would turn towards you, Father, and truly make sure you are first, not only today, but every day in our lives. God, that we would fight the good fight of faith to keep you first and not allow anything or anybody to begin to get us out of focus and to begin to shift you out of the center of our lives. Father, I just thank you right now, God. For, for this word and for how you've touched people's lives I pray that you keep us as we leave this day in your presence Father and in your power keep us safe everywhere that we go keep your hand up on the ladies as they're traveling home from ladies retreat right now God that they would have a a safe journey back home and Father bless this evening service God that you would just pour out your presence upon us God let us go expecting I pray that you would touch the minister Lord that you would just open them up and let them pour out your words and that your spirit would coincide and Father, I just thank you right now, God, 
as we ask all of these things in your name Jesus and everybody said amen amen